All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, connect with me on all platforms from Instagram to YouTube to everywhere you can just connect with me. I have an amazing panel today. I'm talking about an amazing panel dealing with the first lady episode. So I asked these first ladies because these first ladies are amazing. They're transparent. They're real. They're hilarious. I'm allowed them to introduce themselves since uh, certain people don't want to go first and turn it off uh, screens if we can't see here. But I'm going to start with you, First Lady Fears, if you can introduce yourself. You're, you're muted. I, yep, I'm mute. I was muted. I'm sorry about that. I am First Lady Venus L. Fears of the Overcomers Life Church of God in Christ. We have been in existence for about six years now. Awesome, awesome. First Lady Tiffany, if you can introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I am First Lady Tiffany Booker, wife to the amazing Mr. Andrew Booker, and we are Transforming Life Church all the way down here in Florida. Sick. Awesome. First Lady Wizard, you can introduce yourself. Hey. Hi, everybody. I'm Lady Davida Williams, better known as Lady D. Um, I'm from Brother Life Church of God in Christ, the church that takes the limits off, and I share in ministry with my husband, Pastor Amy Williams, for five and a half years. Yes, one of my favorite preachers, even though he cannot hoop, but I love Pastor Williams. First Lady Bell, if you can introduce yourself. <laughs> you're, you're on mute. First Lady Bell. I, can she hear me? First Lady Bell, if you can go, if you can hear, I don't know if the audio is coming through on her end. All right, First Lady Evans, while we're waiting for First Lady Bell, if you can introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Cody Kelly. I am Lady Sabrina Evans. I am the wife of Pastor Billy Jamel Evans of Freedom Temple Church and God of Christ, the mother church of the jurisdiction of Northern Illinois. Awesome. I think we got it. Yeah, we can hear you now. Good you. But First Lady Bell, if you can introduce yourself. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we hear you now. Okay. Hi, I'm Lady CC Bell. Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. We can hear you. You're good. There might be a there might be a delay, but if you could just uh, introduce yourself real quick. Is it working on your end? I'm so sorry. I cannot hear you guys at all. You're fine. We'll we'll work it out. I'll come back to you. We'll come back to you on that. Uh, but I want to start here. First question, uh, just to get the ball rolling. Look, the role of the first lady is a very interesting role, right? If you kind of take it from its evolutionary standpoint, it has really morphed into something that is trend-sitting, I think is the best word to describe it. Um, if you look at it historically, where the first lady and its dynamic and its relation to the husband, to the pastor of the church, the organization... Uh, that road has evolved. I think that's fair to say. I kind of look at my grandmother as more of a archetype, right? More of a traditional kind of, you know, not really um, overly present, not really, you know, in dynamic effect of leadership, but definitely seen, right? Tell us about that role. What does that role mean to you, First Lady Fears, and i start with you. Um, in reality... The role of a first lady is very simple. Um, 
my first and foremost role is to help my husband. Um, I support my husband in all of his endeavors, um, no matter what they are. Um, and I cover my husband whenever my husband goes out, things like that. Um, my first job is to cover him in prayer. No matter who is in the audience or who is around, my first job is to cover my husband in prayer because he's already fighting demons. I have to cover him. And in addition to him fighting demons, my first um, my first job is to cover my husband. Sure. Sure. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. First Lady Booker, how's that role been for you as far as being a first lady, your role, like I said, in that kind of dynamic between wife and, and pastor, co-pastor, first lady? Well, the role has actually not been difficult because I believe that once you already have those traits, stepping into the role of a first lady becomes easy. Now, it's hard if you're trying to fake it. And it's hard if you're trying to be something that you're not, then it becomes a challenge. But as far as me and my, my husband and I, our dynamics, um, you know, we just had a new baby. So I'm trying to be wife, the right. mother, the, the first lady. But ultimately, what I like to do, like um, Lady Fear said, is support my husband. I try to do whatever he needs done to make his job easier. So whenever, you know, if, if there's a time where he needs me to jump mm -hmm. on and do our Zoom calls, hey, babe, I'm here. I got you. If he, you know, I cover him in prayer. Um, like Lady Fear said, but ultimately I try to be whatever he needs in the ministry at the moment. Um, I do the flyers. I do the social media. Um, I just try to be whatever he needs done, do whatever he needs done to keep the ministry flowing. I just try to, you know, take his vision and run with it. He gives me the vision. He lets me know what he wants done. And then I, I make it come to life. So awesome. I like that. Taking the vision and running with it. First Lady Bell, I'm hoping that is working now on, on your end, if you can hear me. Talk to us about that, taking the vision and running with it, right? Because you're a business professional, you're a leader. How has that kind of transition been for you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. So how, how has that transition been for you? Um, at first, it was a little bit uh, challenging because you're trying to balance church. You're trying to balance church. You're trying to balance, um, you know, what your husband has. You're trying to balance church. You're trying to balance your husband's ministry. You're trying to balance everything all at once. And sometimes that can be a little bit challenging. I have found that, you know, for one, you've got to have a prayer life. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty high up on the tier at my job. So. Um, being uh, a corporate setting too. Um, you can't let them see you sweat and you can't let the church people see you um, be weak too. Because, you know, God's people ain't supposed to be weak. We're supposed to be strong. So um, you just have to find times to manage everything, prioritize. You know, we always make priority a multiple, uh, uh, should we say, uh, uh, word here. But really you have to prioritize and make everything your priority at that time. Awesome. That makes sense. That makes sense. First Lady Williams, Vita, and then to you, First Lady Evans. Uh, so First Lady Bell talked about not allowing the church people to see you sweat, right? Like, obviously, uh, I think everybody here is a working professional. We have our day-to-day, nine-to-five, or however long it is that allows us to do what we have to do within the ministry. Talk to us about that difficulty, right? Uh, taking the corporate setting and then basically having to come now into this other mode, transitioning. What is that like? So um, it, it is difficult, it's challenging at times. Um, you have to 
put one hat on in the uh, in a, in your uh, business or um, your career. Um, I teach, so um, just teaching alone is uh, demanding. And now we're doing this virtual thing; it's uh, much more demanding. And then um, having to support in ministry, support my husband um, because he has multiple strings of ideas that maybe I'm not kind of on the ball with, like maybe we shouldn't try that. Um, but it's, um, it's difficult at times. You definitely, definitely um, need to have a prayer life. You definitely, definitely have to have that time alone away from ministry, away from career so that you all can reconnect. And um, I find that our um, biggest times of ministry and ideas is when we actually go away and reconnect with each other, you know? So um, is it difficult? Yes. I'm not going to play and say, Oh, this is the best job. This is, there's no tears. There's nothing but joy and, and happiness in it. It's, it's joy and happiness. And there are some um, tears that you have to cry, but I will say we're built for this. We're made for this and we're putting God first. Everything else falls in line. Awesome. I love, I love the answer. First Lady Evans, finally got to you. Uh, First Lady Williams talked about it's not the best job. I think there's this facade or this understanding like, oh, I'm going to become First Lady. My life is made, right? When you were dating the Reverend Billy Jamel Evans, my cousin back in the days when he had hair, he was not a pastor, right? And he has transitioned like a lot of us, you know, Freedom Temple just takes your hair away. So what has that, what has that evolutionary experience and experience basically been like for you, basically coming from a set role and then now transitioning to uh, this leadership role? You know, honestly, by the grace of God, it has been a a good transition. Um, We had great leadership, great examples of Bishop Marshall, as well as Mother Marshall, to set examples to make that footprint so we can understand exactly what leadership be like and what they should do and how they should treat people. Um, I was a member before I was talking to your cousin when he had hair. He looks better now without the hair. Um, he looks better, I would say. Um, but I was a member before um, courting him and before we became um, husband and wife, and I was engaged in a lot of the ministries, um, develop a lot of relationships with people. And so it was a, a, a smooth transition. It was one that we most definitely prayed together about. I didn't, we didn't really, it was funny because we never really talked about like him being a pastor. Um, he always stated like, you know, the Lord has called him to pastor. Um, but we never went into depth in, in that conversation in regards to like, what does that mean? Um, but it has been wonderful. The, the leadership the, um, has, been an, uh, has been a great thing to, to be in. Um, the members of the church have, has been extremely accepting of me, um, being that I'm not uh, Mother Marshall and that he's not Bishop Marshall. Um, and a key thing for me in this transition, Cody, to be honest, is the relationships that I've been, built with the people before we, we, I became the first lady. It was a huge, uh, huge shift in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I developed developed the love for the people being a pew member. I love it being a pew member. This question is for all, and I'll start with you, uh, First Lady Evans. Uh, you mentioned something. You said, uh, you know, you never talked about you and Pastor Evans never talked about that, but you always said his 
uh, he would share with you that his calling is to be a pastor. Do you think that there is a morphing of identity uh, when your husband becomes senior pastor or right or leader uh, of the organization? Um, do you think you have to give up something in order for that calling uh, to really manifest itself? You know, I, I, I think that with you becoming one with someone, you're not really losing who you are. It's bettering you as a person. Um, so I can say that this question to me is more about like, do I know who I am as a woman? Do I know who I am as a woman of God? I think that I'm, as the lady stated here, I'm going to do all that I can do to help my husband um, progress and help the church progress. And with that comes wisdom and understanding things that you can and cannot do. But ultimately, it's me knowing who I am, right? And it's me having conversations with my husband in regards to my identity and me keeping it. Um, and it's also important also for us first ladies, and I know that we do, like we have a wonderful relationship. All of these ladies uh, are lovely and I love them. But it's also important for us to keep grounded in who we are, um, have faith and knowing that, you know, it's okay to keep your friends that are not saved. It's okay to, you know, have friends at work, um, mm -hmm. but keep you grounded so you won't lose that identity, so you won't lose who you are. So I think ultimately it's about, the question is more so about like, am I strong as a woman? And I think that I am and and such the other ladies here today as well. That's that's true. I, I like that answer. So First Lady Bell, so First Lady Evans talks about that identity as a woman, right? Knowing mm -hmm. who one is, um, it's okay to have, you know, unsafe friends. And I, I personally didn't throw away any of my unsafe <laughs> friends. You know, they call me up all the time. I, I, only thing we don't do is smoke together, right? But like, I, I love all my friends, right? So, but as far as preserving that, because I think there is mm -hmm. temptation or somebody's idea of what you should be, right? Uh -huh. They they feel like, well, if you're not in, a, you know, you're going to the convocation every year and in these outfits that, you know, are ridiculously just monstrous and big hats. Somehow you don't fit the role. How has that been for you? You talked about being in the corporate setting. How has that, that merging of the two worlds been? Um, in, in the beginning, I would have to say it was kind of challenging, but one thing I can say is um, some of the states used to say, you know, you, you wasn't holy when you were not in these other groups and things like that. I pledge undergrad. So <laughs> I guess my mom would say you couldn't get no more holier than that. Right, Z? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so then um, I just but it's the standard that you have. And when you show God through you, people see that. So like if I go to a Delta event or I go to another event or I go to a college event or one of my friends who's not safe, they don't look at, you know, they have so much respect for me. So if they did, if they were smoking or they did have a drink in their hand, they'll put it away when I come on the scene. Or they know, like, I'm not too above you, and I think I'm better than you where I can't come to your party because you're not saved, whatever. Now, I am selective on where I go, but they know I'm going to come in and do the presidential way. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> and I'm going to be out because that's not my that's not my element. That's not my scene. It's not that I'm better than you. It's just that there's a certain level of standard and holiness that I want for my life. And if I'm in an environment that doesn't equate to that, you got to be okay with that. And so my friends respect who I am and my colleagues respect 
who I am. Even at work, they'll make little jokes at work, like um, if something goes wrong on a deal or something, like, well, what do you think about that, Lady Bell? And I'm like, <laughs> and I start laughing right away because I'm like, ain't none of y'all, you know, I'm just, I'm still working on y'all. Uh, but people respect your position when you demand that respect too. I'm going to be CC at the job. I'm going to be CC in the church house. I'm going to be CC at the church. I'm going to be CC at the sorority meeting. As long as you're not respect, disrespecting me and disrespecting my values, and because I, I choose God, and I'm going to always choose God. As long as you don't conflict with that, we ain't got no problems. Hmm. I love it. I'm going to choose God. First Lady Williams, so, you know, you when you're married to a great preacher, you know, I was watching Unity Day yesterday. Uh, you know, wife's been sick the whole weekend, so I pretty much just been chill. So, you know, I had a chance to stream in, and I think sometimes there's um a push, you know, like, well, your husband can preach, say a few words, right? Like, I know, like, uh, just thinking back, my grandmother hated speaking, like, and you know, but they would always try to get her to, so she would just basically read whatever she read out of like the daily digest right it was like a christian magazine and that's what her you know uh inspiration would come from it was quite funny uh but do you think or have you ever been forced into ministry or ministering where you're not comfortable i mean we're all you know as as followers of christ disciples of christ there is a ministry in and of itself to always witness the name of the lord to evangelize but do you think it's like first lady williams hey look you know your husband's up preaching. I need you also to preach the next day. Do I feel pressure or pushed? I do not. Um, because like the ladies were saying, you have to know who you are. You have to know your identity. And outside of pushing my husband's ministry, um, I know that God has called me to minister. And um, he pushes me in that regard. So I don't think that it's um, pressure or push that I have to minister um, when you're saved before um, you marry a preacher, if you're saved before um, he becomes a pastor, when you've committed your life to Jesus Christ before he's called to the ministry, uh, ministry is not uh, pressure, is not um, a push. It's actually a pleasure to minister to uh, the people of God. Um um, now, have I ever been pushed? I would say when I was about nine or 10 years old, I got a whooping, Cody, um, because my dad called me up to sing a song. Right. And I was afraid to sing. And so he didn't, I did something at school. I didn't get a whooping because of what I did at school. My whooping was the next time I tell you to get up, in front of the people and do something in church, you better do it. So I got whooped for that. And so that would be like, the, that was my push to be before the people. And I think that um, I have been a pastor's daughter for mm -hmm. almost 30 years, um, actually groomed me into that. My foundation of the word of God, the bread of life. And that's what my daddy taught us, the bread of life, the word. And so uh, ministry is not a push. I actually love ministering. I actually feel more relaxed. I feel better when I am ministering. So um, I don't feel a push. And I'm, I'm grateful to God for my husband because he pushes me 
um, in ministry. He wants me to minister and um, go forth. So it's not pressure or push for me. Awesome. Awesome. First Lady Booker, um, is there is there external pressure um, or even not necessarily in the form of ministering, but an expectation? Is there external pressure coming from anywhere when it comes to uh, being the First Lady? Um, I think that there is external pressure if you allow it to to get to you, if you allow people's expectations to get to you. I think depending on the person that you talk to and the things that they are accustomed to, that's the expectation that they put on you. Because we live in Chicago, so coming to Florida and having an entirely different um, expectation of church and the way things go, it's almost like a culture shock, right? Because you're used to things happening a certain way. Whereas we're used to in Chicago where everybody have the hats and the outfits and it's glamorous. And down here, it's like everybody is so laid back because everything is multicultural. So nobody, the person next to you was not raised the way that you are. So they have a different level of expectations. So what I find is that the pressure is just to be real and to be able to be yourself and just to be able to um, hope that the message that you're sending across is getting picked up by the person on the other end. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. And, and I think that when you have a husband that's supportive and that wants to see you um, flourish in what God has given mm-hmm. you, it just makes it all, you know, that much better. Because at the end of the day, I don't care how many church members we got, the opinion of the Lord and my husband, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I really want to make sure that I have that that's right. And, you know, I follow the Lord, him, because he follows the Lord. So, hey. The only thing I can give is who I am <laughs> and, and just hope that that's coming across is being received. Awesome. Authenticity. Let's let's go there. I want to take it up a notch. I promise no curveball questions, but it wouldn't be <laughs> what it is if it wasn't Uh-oh. for my curveball questions. So I want to start with you, First Lady Fears, um, because, you know, your husband is about to run a revival for us starting Wednesday. So I think it's more than appropriate <laughs> to start uh, with you. Let's talk about that being yourself, right? Uh, so like for me, right? Okay. Like, 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 like Pastor Evans knows Kobe, right? Like most people who, who really know me, know me, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much the same guy Sunday through Saturday, whatever I'm gonna do or say on Sunday, I'm gonna do it say on Saturday. There's not like much fluidity between that. Cause I, I just, I can't turn it on, turn it off. It just has to be a, a fluid thing. My playlist is what it is. It goes from Kirk Franklin to the most ratchet stuff and then back to Kurt Franklin. It's just how I get through my workouts, right? So talk to us about that authenticity. First Lady Fears, when you're not necessarily around and you're just in your zone, what is that authentic self like? Um, I'll tell you this. When my husband was getting ready to, when we were getting ready to launch um, and we were leaving uh, Redeem, my mother-in-law, my wonderful mother-in-law, Mother Deborah Fears, uh, who was my first lady at the time, she told me something. She said, Venus, be unapologetically you. So don't put on, don't try to be me. Don't try to be uh, Mother Deborah Fears. Don't try to be anything you've seen before. Be yourself. And if you're yourself, that's what people are going to expect. They're not going to expect me to be my mother-in-law. They're not going to expect me to be anyone else. They're going to mm-hmm. expect Venus fears. Um, and, and, that, and, th- and the same thing with my husband, Marcel. With Pastor Marcel fears, you are going to, that's what you get. You get the same person 
at 6 a.m. that you would at 2 a.m. He is the same no matter where he is. We're on vacation. He's the same guy. Um, so as far as being authentic, if you're always being yourself and you're never putting on a facade, then no matter what situation you're put in or what situation you're placed in, people are always going to get the authentic you. So no matter where Lady Sabrina or Lady Vita or Lady CC or even Sister Tiffany, Lady Tiffany, wherever they get me, they know they're going to get the authentic Venus. I'm not going to give them anything more or anything less. I love it. I love it. Let's double up on that one. Right across this post, um, I follow, you know, Kevin on stage. I mean, he's a Christian comedian, right? One of the few that I follow on, you know, Instagram. So he, he reposted uh, this preacher who put like criteria of what he wanted in a wife and made like a three minute thing. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he got the guy who he retweeted or reposted got mad. It was like, I was only joking, but I think there's some validity to it. Right. Um, what attracted you to your mate, right? Beyond the preaching, beyond the anointing, you know, I, I know the Fierce family, are just amazing people, amazing anointed people, uh, humble, super supportive. But beyond that, what attracted you to uh, the right Reverend Pastor Marcel? <laughs> okay, so in the technical sense, I probably cannot tell this story online. You can, but, say, it. Um, you can say it on here. The reality is um, my husband is very, very, very confident. And two extremely confident people, um, as we are, two extremely confident people are a great match for each other. Um he's he's a he's a little cocky just a little bit but i like that um so am i uh so the basics is if he can handle me he a bad dude so because i'm 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 something else (laughs) and he got me when i was married so i'm something else and the fact that he can handle me he a bad guy so that's pretty much it i like it i like it first lady booker what attracted you (laughs) What attracts you to uh, Pastor yes. Booker? What what drove you and said this is it? So, no church answers. No church answers. Okay. So um, as for me, um, just to be a little authentic, um, when I met my husband, I was single, and I just believe if you single, it's okay to date. So I was dating, and hey, best man won. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but I think what what attracted to me to him is that he he listened to me. So whenever I go out on a date, I and I will tell the person what I like, what I don't like to eat, what I do like to eat, and I'll get to the restaurant and say, "Now order for me." And the average person would be like, "I don't even know you like that." But my husband listened to everything I said, and at that table, he ordered everything that I said that I liked. So I knew he was listening, and that got my attention. And he just continued to be consistent. He continued to be consistent, a man of his word, a man of integrity. Like Lady Fear said, the person you see is what you always get. I don't care if we're in the Bahamas. We can be overseas. We can be anywhere. He's always going to be the same person. And I love the fact that he had integrity. And I tell him a lot of times, I say, you got a lot of integrity. And he always says, you have integrity is who you are when nobody is looking. So he's always the same person. And that's what I loved about him. He didn't switch up. He didn't switch up on me. So I didn't switch up on him. I like it. The best man won. Look, my wife, so when we were dating, you know, my wife tried to put me in the friend zone. And when she hit me with that, I said, first of all, I got enough friends. I don't need any more friends. You got an ultimatum. You either take me or nothing at all. And, you know, 
Jake's almost seven years later. Here we are. So you know, that's how it works. I let him know. I'm like, there's only one Cody Kelly. And that's how it works. First Lady Williams, what attracts you? Okay. <laughs> I mean, from this Cody, I was not attracted to naming at first. I couldn't stand him. And he couldn't stand me because he was too um, confident, Venus. He was too arrogant to me. And he says that was the same um, thing that he didn't like with me. I was too arrogant. He thought I was conceited. So I didn't like him at first. I didn't know why he was sitting on my daddy's organ. I wanted him out of there. Please exit to the left. But um, when I saw his heart, we took a trip to Minnesota, long story short. And my father took the entire church. It was like five van loads. Oh, it was just a, a big trip. And um, a, the, one of the vans broke down. And the other people wanted to leave my dad behind um, and just go home. And Naaman was like, no, I'm not. I came with this pastor. I'm not going to leave him. Um, and that showed me that maybe he's not such a. Uh, I get it. You know. Yeah, I get so, it. <laughs> um, and then when I finally went to his church, now this scared me. Above the sign it said "House of Prayer Temple, Church of God in Christ." Pastor Naaman Williams. I said, I know good and well. This boy is not a pastor. Not this one. So I was so excited when they announced the pastor, and his father stood up. Man, I stood up applauding because I knew that dude over there on the organ couldn't be the pastor of this church. But what finally attracted me to him was um, his sincerity of helping my dad. And when I saw the love that he had for his daddy and pushing his daddy's ministry and not letting it fall or falter, that's the same passion I had for my dad's ministry. So my attraction and my love grew for him over our uh, connection of how we love our father's ministries and how we push our father's ministries. So that's what attracted to me, me to him ultimately. Mm, the love for the ministry. I, I like it. I like it. First Lady Bell, since your husband chimed in in the comments, let me read this comment to you. Now, look, y'all not going to keep coming from our bros with these cocky statements, LOL. Emoji, hand emoji. So, what attracted you to your husband? He probably said that because he knows he's a little cocky himself. (laughs) Um, But I would have to say, my husband, he he has a good heart. He allows me to be me, and he's a gentleman. Uh, to this day, he still opens doors. Uh, we can go to a restaurant, the car door. He'll walk all the way around. He gets the umbrella for you. He'll put his jacket over a puddle for you. He just He's just a true gentleman. And in this new millennium world we live in, I call it, it's hard to find, like, a gentleman. Like, what, you don't open doors? You know, you, you don't pay for the check? You know, like, he takes care. Like, and I see it in his father. His father's the same way. He believes in taking care of his wife. I don't want for nothing. Um, he takes care of everything. And so sometimes I think I take advantage of that. <laughs> but but a true gentleman. That's what got me, you know, because I we've actually been in the same places and never ran into each other. So we knew it was like divine um, hookup. When I was like, oh, well, you the one on the organ? I was like, mm, I can't date no organists. I can't date no preachers. Mm-mm, not doing that. I, too, like DeVita. I did pastor for 40 years. So there's nothing in the church I haven't done. So he allows me to be me. Like, I ain't wearing no hat. 
right. I ain't coming in there looking like <laughs> I will have on this t-shirt and these jeans and these, uh, I, the kids got me wearing these Air Max or whatever they call, Vapor Max, whatever they call, you know, I can just be me and reach people. I'm about, I'm about reaching people. I ain't about being dressed up. And in the hat and doing all that—that that, that ain't me. And, and my dad was Baptist, so I'm—I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. So we used to always had that conflict <laughs> with other, you know, she would say denominations of fellowships. I'm like, that ain't me. Um, so I'm glad he allows me to be me. And you see his heart and everything that he does. I, I love it. I, yeah, my uh, my wife um, uh, grew up non-denominational, so I didn't have to do any of the conferences or anything. It was like a totally different set of yes. roles. I'm like, I could marry you. These, I had to jump through hurdles with some of these. Anyway, so I'm not going to go there. So, First Lady Evans, what attracted you to my cousin, the right Reverend Billy Jamel Evans? It is amazing to see how our stories are similar to some of the uh, the other First Ladies. As you can hear my baby in the background, sorry about that. The, the multiple hats that we wear, right? Um, but I, I, I knew of your cousin, but I didn't know him until I joined the church. Like I'm best friends with his cousin, um, Candice uh, Bryant, who's she might be watching. Um, but it was just through working with him. We were friends first, honestly, and just through working with him. It was just one day, I'm like, hmm, he's reminding me of my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. I once, I also grew up Baptist, so I had to learn Kojic. I wasn't born in it. Um, so I'm like, he's reminding me so much of my dad. He's doing so many things that my dad would do for his family. Um, then he started opening doors for me, Lady Bell. And then I'm like, okay, I was driving one day and I had a car accident and he was the first person that I called and he was right there on the scene, um, making sure that I was okay, making sure calling my insurance, all of those things. And so at that point, I'm like, he really cares for me. We never once talked about it. It's funny because I was talking about him to Candies and he was talking about me to Candies, but we never once talked amongst each other, like, hey, I like you, I want to date you, I want to court you, or what have you. Um, But he was there for me. And I'm like, that is really what truly attracted me to him because he reminded me so much of my dad. My dad has been there for me throughout my entire life. And then also, like, our past, you know, I used to go to family reunions and never seen them before. Um, he knows a lot of my friends, and I didn't know him. And so, like, I was, I was just in awe with how much he cared and how much he showed that and how much he cared for his family as well as his church. Awesome. I think family. he commented so that's right. That's, that's right. I said that to you, baby. Awesome. No. <laughs> awesome. I, I love it here. Look, let's 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 um what is the biggest um threat do you think toward um the the uh, leadership of the church from a standpoint of um, marriage. So the beautiful thing is this society and the church has evolved to a point that there is some form of communication, though. However, that form is probably, uh, I won't say manipulated, but it's definitely distorted. Right. Um, so you take shows like Greenleaf, Right. Which is probably fantastic acting. I don't get into it because it just makes our denomination look terrible. But, you know, it is it's 
for whatever reason it is, but it it is it it portrays this <clears throat> complex complexity uh, between the husband and the wife, and I think unfairly so. Not that that can't happen, or not that it hasn't happened. It's just not the truth of it for the mm-hmm. most part. What is that threat, right? Like you guys obviously feed off each other's strengths. I mean, you guys yeah. are friends and you guys talk, but to say that that unity or that bubble, there aren't factors who would want to destroy that. And for the audience who doesn't know, what what are those factors like? Like when you're a first lady, what is that? I'm not saying that nightmare or fear, uh, first lady Evans, and I'll start with you, and then first lady Bill. Lady Williams, for the Booker, for Lady Fears, but what is that external threat that we're not seeing? I think you know the most threat, the number one threat is the devil, right? Um, to any marriage, and it just intensifies with the marriage between a pastor and a first lady. But it's also important, as we've stated earlier, you have to be a praying woman. You have to be a prayer wife, prayer wife. You have to cover your husband and you also have to cover your marriage um, and also ask the Lord for wisdom, um, for discernment. Um, and, you know, you have to be open to communicate in regards to what you are going to deal with and what you're not going to deal with. And I think like um, as we've seen on those shows, like I don't watch Greenleaf. I think it's despicable to me, but um, some of those things are somewhat of realities for other people. Like you have women who are lustful at the collar that they wear. Um, And you, you know, have people who want to sabotage the ministry. And so I just think that those are some threats, some challenges, but through the grace of God and being prayerful, being wise and covering your husband, you can, you know, dodge all of those fiery dots and um, that the devil is going to throw at your marriage. It's not easy with any marriage, but it's important to understand who you are, why you married him and understand God's plan for both of your lives. And so for me, I think that those are the things that I take um, to heart. I understand that, you know, the Lord has put us together. As I mentioned before, I did not know. I've never seen Pastor Evans. You know, I knew of him and I just go back to the day that he asked to court me and how I felt. And I understood from that moment in my life that I was destined to be his wife, and we were destined to, to make some powerful moves hmm. of the kingdom of God. Like it. First Lady Bell, talk to us about that that external factor. Uh, First Lady Evans mentioned something. She said, you have to stay what you're going to put up with and what you're not going to put up with. Uh-huh. And I'm probably, mo- I'm, I really want to focus on what you're not going to put up with, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. what what is that? I would probably say it's probably people's opinions of what your marriage should look like, what it could be. Um, And especially like Lady Sabrina, she tapped on it. Like um, not only people have their opinion, but then the anointing is attractive, right? Because see, if the anointing wasn't attractive, would nobody come to Jesus? So when your husband has gifts, you know, my husband's very gifted, you know, he can play, sing, uh, he's very anointed to preach, prophesy, lay hands, things like that. Sometimes people want to line the first lady up and say, oh, you should be doing those same things. But I recognize that he has gifts. I recognize I have gifts and that's why God put us together so that like to uh, Lady Evans point, we can grow the kingdom together. Um, And when the anointing going back to that is so attractive and it's so heavily on your mate as they're preparing from week to week and things of that nature, you have 
have um, outsiders, especially since you're all our husbands here are men. You have women that are attracted to that anointing. Um, so there's a certain parameters as um, at the church that you'll have to put up because you have women. I've seen my husband laid out on the floor in the spirit and women try to walk around me. He was doing a revival, walk around me to get to him. So it's like, you know, we don't talk about those things um, because, oh, it may be taboo or things like that. But people say, oh, you should have did this. You should have responded this way. You know, I responded in the most appropriate, godly way. Uh, uh, um, and and thank the, thanks be to God for her that uh, Lady Bell has the Holy Ghost. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I did, that could have been a different situation. Um, but we have to remind ourselves sometimes it's just we, we can't worry about what somebody's opinions are. We have to guard our husbands all the time um, because peop, the devil is out to attack them. And if he if he can get to us, he know he can get to our husbands. <clears throat> awesome. I like that. So you talked about thank God for the Holy Ghost and being shielded with it because there would have been a different response. Oh, so with you. that, <laughs> so there's there's, ch- there's church thoughts, right? There's church thoughts. So. First Lady Wibbs, there's obviously um, individuals within the church who want to see it fall, collapse, be a side piece, however you want to frame it. Mm. Has, how do you deal with having to navigate a marriage in the spotlight and yet still having to uh, deal with a, a very common enemy that is just common to marriage as a whole? Well, um, first of all, I agree with my sister. I had wrote that down. Um, that the anointing is attractive. It's very attractive. Um, you have to um, communicate. Because I'll tell Naaman, oh, girl, like you. And they, you know, they act like they don't see it. But they know. So it's my job to watch as well as pray. Right? So you have to have a, a line of communication um, with your husband to let um, him know, like, listen, I'm watching your back, but I need you to watch Sister Sledge over here as well. Um, my husband is very, he's anointed, but he's very energetic. And because he's energetic, that is attractive as well. And I remember I was sitting in the district meeting, singing in the choir. I'm going to tell, I ain't going to tell her name. Tell her name. This lady leaned over to me and she said, I love to see your husband rocking on that organ. He has so much energy. So at that time, I was like, wait a minute. What are you saying? So I was like, oh, I'm like, Cece, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because now this was a lady that I grew up with under, you know. And when she said that, at first I was like, what the devil? You going to actually say that to me? But now, you know, I was like, okay, so while you watching him, I'm going to be watching you. Okay? So um, that's, that's, I'm not really um, necessarily concerned about that because um, I talk to my husband. I, <laughs> I talk to Naaman. We talk to each other. And I'll say to him, that's a nice looking man right there. He know I love Will Smith. Anytime Will Smith come out with something, we got to go. You know, and he'll say things to me, you know, but it's our communication and what I do at home to make him feel like a man, to make sure he's fulfilled. I don't, 
I don't think, and I'm, I'm going to get ghetto with it. Get I don't it. think there's a woman out there that got nothing on me. <laughs> so if you handle yourself at home, you ain't got to worry about the little <laughs> extra <laughs> little thing. Cody, get on off of me because you're going to say the wrong things around get here. Get it. Oh, and Hopper. Who was that lady Come in the choir? No, indeed not. Uh, she always, you know, yeah. but you know. Hey, about that girl in the choir. We have to, we have to pray. You know, we have to stay prayed up. I was praying last night, um, actually, uh, for my marriage, for wisdom and guidance, because um, I don't want to um, slip up. I never want to take his manhood away. I never want to say anything that would tear him down or tear his integrity uh, down. And knowing, because um, he doesn't sleep, and I, I can, I know the other first ladies can attest to, um, our husbands don't sleep a lot. You know, they always have ministry on their mind or someone's calling um, something's always wrong. And so sometimes um, we'll feel like, dang, what about me? You know, and so um, sometimes my mouth get a little slick. And so I had to ask God to last night, talk, for real, to give me wisdom. I went straight to my knees after talking to him and hearing his heart. I went straight to my knees and I said, God, give me wisdom and give me guidance of how to um, like develop my marriage, to push my marriage, not to degrade my husband, not to discourage him, but to encourage him um, in ministry because it's so much, it's so much going on. And I'm, I can't be the one that tears him down because I know it's sister so-and-so and her sister that want to lift him up. So back home. Move on. <laughs> I like it. I, I wrote down, feel like a man. Look, I love that. That's what I was trying to get to. That's what I was waiting this whole time. Because my wife gets on me all the time. She'd be like, you know she like you. I'd be like, she don't like me. But there's only and one. Listen, my a woman wife, knows a woman. Yeah, I, I tell my wife, there's only one woman who I she'd have to ever worry about. And unless something happens to Devon Franklin and Megan Good, that's the only woman that my wife would ever have to worry about. Now, Megan Good, I, I think about it. But anybody else, I'm cool with. I'm cool with. Just, that's the one. I've had a, I've had a crush on her since Cousin Skeeter. So it is what it is. So, you know, But First Lady Booker, talk to us about, talk to us about that, that, that external threat, right? Um, you know, the anointing attracts. And as a wife, there is a certain girding that you have to do, right? Talk to us about that for you. Well, I think the anointing is attractive. I think the biggest threat to the first family is just people, we all know it's the what is the enemy, um, that wants to break up the family. And not just our families, but the devil doesn't like family, period. But the thing about being the first family is there's other families attached to you. There's other women attached to us as first lady that looks at our testimony, that looks at our life. And I think that that the threat is just um, the marriage not being authentic and, you know, not being strong enough to handle the things that's going to come, right? Because as a pastor, and, and this is not my husband, of course, but some pastors will spend more time talking to the church members than they, than they do the, their wife. So then that becomes a problem. You know, spend more time praying over here, making sure everybody else's house is okay, but their house is jacked up. So my main concern and our main concern is making sure that we're good. And if that means that we need to go out of town for a weekend or get away, but always make sure we have our level of communication. Because, you know, I don't really like, you know, my husband knows I don't really play with the women, the thoughts that's coming and all that because <laughs> I tell them I'll slap somebody in the spirit. <laughs> like, you know, I've never had to do that. 
would I do it? I don't know. But, you know, I just don't play those games. And not only is anointed attractive, but you know what? <laughs> we have good husbands, you know, to be able to sit and say, like, hey, my husband pays all the bills. I don't have to pay no bills. My husband did this. Another woman would be like, brother man over there doing what? But Let he ain't see. doing that for you, sis. This is what we got going on over here. And so sometimes you don't even want to share the good things. And, you know, it's not even really, it, it's not bragging, but you don't even want to share things because, you know, people be like, oh, I want that. I'm looking for that, you know. And they'll be looking for that leeway to come in because they just, you know, they that's what they desire. But not, you know, that, that's what we got going on over here. So we just have to make sure as women, you know, I try to make sure as my husband's wife that, you know, I... Like like Lady William said, we whatever happens in here, we good, you know. So he'll yes. go out and, and look and wonder, mm -hmm. like you know. But uh, yeah, just making sure that the family unit is tight, making sure that even when people come and try to get in between, ain't no space in between because we move as one up in here, you know. Right. We together up in here, and but my thing is, even as a woman, I would never say anything to another woman about my man. You check her because i'm not doing the checking and just like my husband he'll never have to check another man i'll do the checking don't say that to me i'm do i'm his wife you know don't right. don't look at me like this don't inbox me don't nothing that's good yeah. to my husband because just like the anointing is attractive we all are very attractive and anointed women ourselves you know mm -hmm. so we say it <laughs> yes so we have to keep folks in check too right. <laughs> but yeah that's all i'm gonna say but yep so our threat is just people that want to tear down the family because if the family unit is torn down, we can't even be effective in ministry. We That's can't right. do anything that God wants us to do. So not only are we trying to keep it together for ourselves, but we got to be a powerful couple in God. So we got to make sure we're together. Amen. Awesome. I like it. I like it. <laughs> tearing, tearing down the family. So First Lady Fear. So um, I, I think everybody's echoed that that there is a a tightness, a bond, a covering that has to be there, or the ministry will basically implode. Right? Uh, you have mm -hmm. to protect and at the same time make aware. So, talk to us about that um, process. Right? You have to shield and and really protect your husband from a lot of times things that he might not be aware of. I admit, I'm a man. I'm dumb. I don't know when a woman's flirting with me. Most of the time, I don't. I don't even pay attention. I'm just going about my day, and my wife just does not like it. And you know, and especially when we go to the gym, that's just like another issue, right? And because I, I don't think twice about it. I just do what I do, and you know, I probably need to chill on you know some of the posts. But you know, but there, there is that element, and my wife has kind of had to be like bodyguard in some issues. Talk to us about that. Will you slap a thought in the spirit? I mean, like oh. talk to us about how you go about serving and protecting your husband? Well, number one, um, before salvation, I would have hit somebody in their mouth about my husband. Um, but that's just what that is. Um, but that's my husband. That's who the Lord gave me. And you can't have him. <laughs> that's, but that's how I feel about that. Um, but I wholeheartedly trust my husband. And if you don't have any trust, that's where all of those extra people and that extra stuff starts entering in and they bother your unit. Um, one thing about um, one thing about my husband and I am a well-kept wife. Um, women, if you are wives and you are well-kept, it is no problem telling people I am well-kept. I am well-kept. Um, and I appreciate him for that. Um, but with that, um, I trust my husband. When he gets up, 
this is my wife. When he's out somewhere, people know that he has a wife. Um, I have been with Marcel on every level. Um, we actually just celebrated 15 years of marriage. And I was, when he did his first trial sermon, we had literally just started dating pretty much. So I was there for his first trial sermon. Um, when he got ordained um, in the Church of God in Christ, we had we hadn't even been married a year. Um, and he was, I was at his ordination when he became an ordained elder. Um, I was there when he became pastor of Overcomers Life Church. I was there when he started doing all that stuff internationally. And every single level, you get a different level of uh, interesting woman. I won't call them, I won't call them what those, but you get a different level of interesting woman. And they call, and they come in all shapes, forms, and sizes, and ages. Um, but you have to be securing yourself and securing your relationship. Um, Fears no, I'm hard to follow up. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I'm, I'm a hard person to follow. You, you're not going to follow up behind me. And then in marriage, as you all know, it takes time to learn your mate, learn the things that they like, learn the things that they want. And you have to build, you have to build that bubble, that bubble, that bubble the NBA is in. Yes, I'm watching all this ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and all these people because that's what my husband watched. Yikes. But that bubble, <laughs> they had to have this whole bubble so these people wouldn't get COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to have with your marriage. Your marriage has to be a bubble. It does not matter who else is on the outside trying to get in. You literally right. have to have a bubble because no matter what fears needs, I got you. I what got we it. need to do mm-hmm. if if the chairs need to be put down in the church and nobody else is available, all right, let's go put some chairs down. If we need to rent a conference room because you want to do some big, huge conference and you need a deposit. All right. How much is it? I got the check. But that's what I do because that's my husband and that's who I'm supporting. And this is what the Lord gave him. And we are not going to um, we're not going to we're not going to damage the Lord's people. We're not going to hurt the Lord's mm-hmm. people because we being janky. So yeah. we that's got good. this. That's good. I, That's good. I like it. I like it. All right. One last question. This is for everybody. One minute answers only. So, and I'll start with you, First Lady Fierce, and then we'll walk up First Lady uh, Booker, First Lady Williams, First Lady Bell, First Lady Evans. Um, newlyweds, you know, I am a millennial, so it's like all my friends are either having their first child or getting married. It's like one or the other, right? Or having their first, whatever. So, you know, it's just whatever. So, uh, what would, What is your advice uh, that you would give somebody that marries somebody in the ministry and basically the potential of them becoming a first lady. If you had to tell a, a new first lady something, what would that advice be? Deal with where you are right now. Don't worry about being a first lady. Worry about where you currently are because that stuff comes in time. Like I said, I've been married 15 years this year. I didn't start off year one as a first lady or saying I was going to be a first lady. I started off year one saying my husband is a minister and I'm going to support him as much as I possibly can. So start off where you are right now. If your husband has aspirations of being a pastor, that all comes in time and comes with prayer. My husband came to me one day and said, honey, I think the Lord called me to pastor. I said, okay. He said, I said, okay, pray about it. He prayed about it. Two years later, 
it was years later before he actually went out and pastored or he actually went out. So you have to stay where you are. Don't move your cart. Don't move the cart before the horse. Stay right where you are. Hmm. Stay right where you are. First Lady Booker, what would you tell a, a newly uh, wedded um, wife to a minister who's thinking about becoming a pastor? I would say know who you are in the Lord before you even thinking about being having a title. Right. Because I said earlier who you are, you have to already know who you are. And there are certain things you should already be doing to make the task easier. You can't develop a prayer life once you get married and or you can't develop, develop a prayer life. Oh, now that I'm a first lady, now that I am, you have to be that before you even become. OK, you have to have some kind of integrity and standards about yourself so that it's fluid when you flow into wherever God wants you to be. OK, so just be, like your like God may have called your husband, he may have called you to do something too, not to overshadow him, not to be over the ministry, but maybe it's a supportive role. So you want to know how to support your husband even before you get before the people. So my advice would just be simply know who you are in God before you try to be some kind of title, any kind of title. Awesome. Know who you are in God. First Lady Williams, what advice would you give a new First Lady? Um, I agree with my sisters. Know who you are first. Um, during your single time, you should be spending time with God anyway, developing a relationship with God anyway. And know that um, he's first. You seek God in everything first and all other things will be added. Um, don't um, go into the relationship that I want a preacher. I want a minister. Stay. I'm with Venus. Stay where you are. Let God promote you. Let God elevate you. If you stay humble, according to the word of God, he will exalt you in due season. I will also say, find a mentor, find um, someone that's been in this a while that has been with a minister or um, has been married to a minister that's been married to a pastor that they can pour into you and that you can trust and that you can talk to about um, the aspirations and that it won't, will not leave the room. Um, I know that's kind of difficult and that's why I kind of avail myself and all of these young ladies that's on the line. Um, we've developed a, a, a friendship, a sisterhood that if we call one another, Cody, we coming, we going we going to pray about it, but we coming. So um, find friends with, that's like-minded. Um, I can't talk to, and I'm just not, you know, titles or nothing like that, but I, I can't talk to Deacon so-and-so's so wife. I have to call Sabrina. I have to call Venus, Tiffany, or Cece um, about different things. Sis, how would you handle this? this? This is what I'm going through. And, you know, some sisters that have wives counsel on your age level, but also you need that season one, Cody. That's what I would say. Find that season woman that's been through um, the ups and the downs, that's been in ministry with her husband down through the years and know how to impart wisdom to you. Awesome. I like that. Having a mentor yeah. on basically every level. Um, it, it's so funny. I, I think that what stood out to me was like, don't go seeking to marry a preacher, right? Um, you know, my grandfather, he's <laughs> just a funny guy, but I remember, uh, before I got married, he's like, Cody, if you get, if you get married and, and you're going to be in ministry, can your wife at least play the organ? I'm like, Papa, I'm not looking for her to play the organ. You know, like the stuff we would say, me and, me and Mr. Marshall had an amazing, unique relationship. First Lady Bell, 
I'm going to go there with you. So what advice would you give a, a new uh, first lady? Um, pro- I took a couple of notes. See, like nothing should come between you two. You got to have that. Nothing should come between you two. You have to have you have to have a support system in place. You always have your husband's back. If nobody's there, it's me and J.J. Bell all day, every day and the day after that. You know, I don't even like the title first lady. Cause I, I am Lady Bell. Ain't no other ladies coming behind me. Ain't gonna be a second. Ain't gonna be a third. Thank it's you. only one Lady Bell, and you looking at her, and I ain't going nowhere. So <laughs> it's me and him all day. You gotta have your husband's back. The supports, the support system, confidentiality. Knowing, you know, you know, sometimes we can talk too much, but not talk enough. So we gotta know when to talk. Uh, when to have our husbands back and make sure we always are united. Like we and Pastor Jay, we don't agree all the time, but we're not going to have that conversation in front of the people. Okay. We're going to go back to our private quarters, say this is how we need to line this up. And then we're going to present that a, as a united front um, to the people of God at the church because we are one and we're going to stay that way. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, Lady Evans, because I see my comments. Yes, right. X that first. <laughs> Transitioning, Lady Evans, what advice would you give a future first lady? So I'm not, I'm not going to repeat, um, and I totally agree with everyone, what everyone has stated. So I think what I can add to that, to what has been stated, is to understand your mate, um, really understand exactly what his likes are, what his, what he dislikes, so you can have a good home. You know, um, the ministry. And I think you praying for wisdom, all of those things and being a wise woman. I think for me, that, that was one of the things that I, I did was to understand how when my husband comes home from preaching, being in ministry, what is it that he needs when he walk in that door? So I think that is uh, something to you know impart on uh, a minister's wife or even a new first lady is to understand like how can you support your husband? What does he need from you when he walk in that door? Um, and that would just be just, you know, something that I, I would add based upon everything that um, everyone has said. And also, wait, to have fun. Enjoy each other. Enjoy your marriage. Have fun. You know, ministry is part of it, but strengthening your relationship, strengthening that bond is extremely key. I like it. Have fun. A glass of sangria never hurt anybody. I like it. So, look, I want to thank all my guests. You guys have been amazing. First Lady Evans, where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Working, <laughs> <Remote> learning, <laughs> but you can follow Freedom Temple Church of God in Christ on all social media platforms. That's where you can find anything that I'm doing pertaining to the ministry. Love it, love it. First Lady Bell, what are you doing? Where can they connect with you? I'm, I'm work. I'm like Lady uh, Lady Evans. There, I'm working from home, but you can connect with us. I in, on Instagram, I'm Lady CC Bell, and then my husband, Pastor JJ Bell. But you can follow us, um, New Life Restoration Ministries, on Facebook too and Instagram too as well. Awesome, Lady Wells. Where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Um, I'm teaching, um, but you can connect with me um, on uh, social media outlets, Bread of, Bread of Life, uh, Church of God in Christ. Anything that I'm doing, anything that I'm um, pursuing, it will always be there. Or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, Davido Richardson Williams, if you just want to be personal with me. Awesome, awesome. First lady, a lady book. I got to drop this first lady. I'm trying. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lady book, we're going to connect with you. What are you doing? You can connect with me on Facebook, Tiffany Nicole. If you're on Instagram, I'm Miss Tiffany N M Z Tiffany N. 
Um, I just started a group for women, Inspire Her and Women's Empowerment Network. I am going full force with this thing. I want to empower women to be the best version of you that you can be. So connect with me on those channels. Get connected, get plugged in, and get your life elevated. Love it, love it. That's amazing. Lady Fears, I got it right. Where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Um, you can actually connect with me on Facebook. Um, I am Venus Buchanan Fears on Facebook. I also have a blog spot on Facebook um, titled Face Your Fears. I want everyone to know that they can face any and everything in life. Um, and then also, of course, you can always connect with Overcomers Life Church at overcomerslifechurch.org. Or my husband also has his own um, his own enterprise page, which is Marcel Fears uh, Enterprises .com, um, where you can get all of your be the light gear and rep the message gear. So uh, that is what we're doing. Love it. All. Look, connect with these great just leaders. Amazing ladies, not the first lady, the only ladies, the leaders in the body of Christ. They are amazing. I will have their social hyperlinks up in the post edit. Look, subscribe to the YouTube page. If you want to see great content continuing, I got to pay these Church of God and Christ reports and they keep going up. You see that link? Subscribe to the page so Google can pay me. I appreciate it. Next week's episode, we're getting into politics. Is that season I'm about to have back. Malik Abdul, who's been on the Roller Martin Show. I have some amazing guests. I'm looking forward to these episodes. And then the week after that, I have the evangelist, Chris Ann Moore. I'm actually doing a feature artist for gospel, which is amazing. And I'm looking forward to that. And then after that, the rapper, Schaefer Jones, is going to be on that Tuesday. So, look, until next time, guys, I appreciate it so much. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.